continues to be growth. He's not satisfied with just enough of the spirit. You know, and he continues to to press in and to press upward and onward and then freely give everything that God gave him. And so it it's something to aspire to. We're not called to rest on our laurels. And and that's what he brings. And that's why having him here for a for a weekend of spirit led is not the same thing I've ever heard before. You know? It may be a lot of the same scripture passages that we're familiar with, but there's a depth, there's a richness because he continues to go higher. And so with that, I just encourage you to receive him uh, as he comes to bring the word this morning. Thank you. Well. Maybe, yeah, later. Yeah, you can bring it up. Good morning. Wow, what a beautiful time of worship, huh? In the presence of God. It's good to be here. I really appreciate the leadership here. Apostle Tim, who established the work, and Fred and Michelle that are pastoring it now. And how much your support to Rain has been. They faithfully give to Rain Network, and we appreciate it. Hallelujah. Oh my gosh, there's so many places I could go today. Whoa. Um, I think I'll start it out this way. Camp. You got how many have not been to camp yet? Oh my yeah, guys. <laughs> I blame my parents. You know, it is such an incredible adventure to go there. It's like going away on a honeymoon with Jesus. That's what it's like. You're in the mountains, it's gorgeous scenery. Nine miles from Glacier National Park, which is my favorite. Uh, it's just beautiful. Waters, lakes, streams, wild animals, uh, wild people. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> there are wild people there. It's, it's a redneck town in Hungary. Or, uh, for Fourth of July, you know what they do? They celebrate Fourth of July really in a big way. And there's uh, Highway 2 goes down the center of Hungry Horse. And they shoot fireworks over the highway t- to each other. <laughs> and they begin on probably July 2nd, 3rd. This continued, continued throughout. I remember one year... Um, Dr. Cornwall and I got in the golf cart. We get a golf cart every year. And we, you know, we're a little older. We didn't want to walk up that hill. So we rode the golf cart up and we just sat there in bewilderment, watching at night these fireworks being shot over and over the city. Fun kids. You should go. <laughs> I thought that might get them. <laughs> we but it is, it is really great. And the teaching. Last year, uh, Katie Souza was there. And uh, she unfolded the revelation about Deuteronomy 1.11. Uh, 
Remember that? And basically, Deuteronomy 111, you want to open it up and go there? Somebody read it to me. Got it? Okay. May the Lord yeah. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times more than you are, and bless you just as he has promised you. A thousand times <laughs> more. Okay. So this is what happened, alright? Um she sees 111 on the clock, on radio, on signs, wherever, and she knows the revelation that God really wants to multiply her finances a thousand, essentially a thousand fold times. And, and when she sees that, when she's coming to a meeting, she knows that she needs to unfold and teach that revelation. And when the offerings come, last year was the greatest offering we've ever had at camp. It was amazing because God is in it supernaturally and the finances are just poured and multiplied. Now, this is the thing. On our way back, I saw 111 all over the place. It's like, you know, all of a sudden you look at Wow, there's mile marker 111, you know? Or you look at the, the clock. You you had that happen to you, too. License, please. Okay. License, please. Yeah. So, last week I was with Joan Hunter. Joan Hunter had that revelation. I don't know which one taught the other, but it was about Deuteronomy 111. And she teaches this thousand-fold return. And she started her work in year 2000. They bought land, built a building uh, in Texas. Everything's paid for. Absolutely no debt. Because God just really provides in supernatural ways. Well, for years, I see 222. I look at my clock. Or I, I've even showed you. The, look, there's two, 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 or twelve, twenty-two. It's just supernatural. It's like God. What are you saying? And I haven't got all the understandings. I know that there are doors that are that are supernaturally open uh, for me. But Tim said, "Well, maybe that's double the one, one, one." <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take that. But it really uh, hit me this year because when I watched Super Bowl, the way that they had the Super Bowl logo, it was two, and then the O was like a football in 22. It's two, two, two. I thought, God, what are you saying? And I felt he was saying to me, that this is the year of the double portion for us. This is the year. And so my 
expectancy and faith and anticipation for that has just gone off the charts. And I know behind the scenes God's working some things that are pretty awesome. But ever since I was being nurtured in a place like this to grow in the Holy Spirit, it's like a spiritual greenhouse. You see, I was called to be a pastor when I was 13, and my only idea of getting there was going to the seminary, and that didn't work out. I got married and ended up with five kids, you know. That didn't work. And so I thought, well, I, I blew this opportunity. God is calling me to be a pastor, and I'm ending up in the computer field. And I don't know how this will ever happen. But God knew the plan for me. And thank God I didn't go to the seminary. It would have probably killed my faith. And I wouldn't have been moving in the supernatural. But I went to this church, way of the cross church, and that church was a apostolic church. It had apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors all working together. It was an incredible place. In fact, you've experienced here Amos Hoverson, who is a seer prophet. He's come here. How many remember him? Oh, we've had some good times. He prophesied this location where this church would be. Yeah. We're, yeah. And, and so... I'm thinking about it. you got that foundation here too of that prophet in this place. He added to this work, the foundation of this work. And so it was a spiritual hothouse. And then I go there and all of a sudden God has this plan. No, I didn't call you to the seminary. I called you to be nurtured and trained and risen up within an apostolic body so that I could send you out. And it was accelerated. Melissa used that word acceleration. There was an acceleration because God made up for all the time that I missed. And I didn't really miss anything because I was like the age of Jesus when he began his ministry. Really cool. Well, Getting nurtured, I thought everybody there had exactly what I had, you know, or experiencing. And I didn't know that when we came in, God had really placed an anointing for healing on us. And our leaders saw that, our pastors saw that. The theme for this weekend was Holy Spirit led. And Holy Spirit leads many times through your leaders. You see, they see things in you that you don't see in yourself. They see the potential, the God in you that you probably can't see. And so trust your leaders. So my leader said, hey, you really should go where we've got a class called Walk in the Spirit. You read Galatians 5 today. Walk in the Spirit. 
Those that are led by the Spirit need to walk in the Spirit. And so we joined this class, Ramona and I, and it was like, wow, this is this is all new revelation to me. I mean, this is how these gifts of the Holy Spirit work? I mean, I can get revelation to these gifts of the Holy Spirit. I can prophesy to the Holy Spirit. I can interpret to the Holy Spirit tongues that are spoken. I can have wisdom. Man, who needs wisdom? All of these gifts of the Spirit, and so we learn them. And then we begin to practice them and do them. And that's how you increase and get more, is by practicing moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In a setting that really works beautifully is like in a home group setting, where there's just a few of you that are there. I remember we were, we were uh, discipling very powerful up-and-coming leaders and we're teaching about prophesying. And uh, I probably told this story before, but it was really powerful. This, uh, I was teaching about prophesying and that uh, this one gal, she would get prophetic revelation by God giving her a book, chapter, verse. And she turned to that book, chapter, verse, and boom, there would be a prophecy for the moment for the people at that time. Awesome gift. So she got this revelation or this word. I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. It's a duty. Come over, lay your hands on Ramona because she just had a ski injury and she tore uh, ligaments in her knee, couldn't walk. And so Judy's yeah, she did that. And I said, no, just prophesy that. Declare that word. And she did. And immediately, Ramona's knee was healed. could hear it. Boom. And she could walk on it. It was amazing. Practicing in these small settings will give you the ability to grow and learn more about it. I really encourage you strongly. Now, we talked about dreams the other night. Laura said she had a dream last night. And uh, how many still have been dreaming since we talked about that? Yeah, you, you two shared that you have dreams. And there's some dreams, you'd, like Joseph, you don't want to share. You know? Although we talked about that. That was in God's plans that Joseph had to share that. So he'd be put in captivity and taken to Egypt and learned to be Pharaoh's second in command and save the whole nation of Israel. Sometimes the things that happen to us that are terrible are God's plan. Ooh, it's true. Sometimes the worst things that happen to us is God's plans for our life. And so instead of complaining about them, we should be praising them. God said rejoice and, and praise in all things. Whatever you go through. So the devil likes us to start cursing and complaining and yelling. All you have to do is break that by just, I rejoice in you, Lord. I don't thank you for what's happened to me, but I thank you that you're taking me through this trial. Amen. 
Hallelujah. I've got one right now. Ramona. Praise God, but she's been healed of everything that she's ever had attack her body. And this is just another thing. Hallelujah. So we're going to get through this one. Amen. So, did this walk in the spirit class, and pretty soon, the Holy Spirit began to put a desire into me to begin to ask for a double portion. So I come up healthy, no problems. You know, I wasn't as messed up as my wife. No, I'm serious. She came out of a really bad situation. And so there were a lot of things that God was setting her free from and her soulish realm. And I would come up and they said, what do you want? And I, I said, a double portion. So they'd pray over me, a double portion. Then they say, oh boy, here comes Jim again at the altar. I bet he just wants another double portion. Yep, and I wanted a double portion. And I had no idea, but I wanted more. We went out to dinner last night. It was absolutely wonderful. And it left you wanting more. Holy Spirit wants to have you that have that appetite of wanting more that you can never be satisfied with what you have you want more don't get into a place where you're at a plateau and say yeah I'm full I don't need anything one year at the Lutheran conference on the Holy Spirit the leader the president of the evangelical Lutheran church got up and he said, I don't need more. I don't need what you guys are talking about. I have everything. He was saying, I don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't need it. I got the word. That's what we need, just the word. Well, yeah, we need the word, but you need the spirit to go with it, to bring life to it. But be hungry. And don't be satisfied. I mean, don't be to the place that you're complaining about the preaching or the teaching or whatever. No. But you're hungry for more. More encounters with God. To experience God in new depths. In new ways. Wow. So then, God teams me up with Amos Halverson. He just kind of took me under his wing and He's a seer, and uh, uh, he came up to me one day, and he said, I was working at my shop, and he worked an eight-to-five job, and he said, God gave me a picture of you, and underneath was the name prophet. And I said, what? I'm not a prophet. I don't want to be a prophet. All I want to do is pray for people and see them heal." That's all I want to do. And, and so he began to nurture me, and we would go through all of the, the prophetic revelation, and also in the Old Testament, the prophets. Wow. So this brings me to something I want to share with you. I believe 
that you guys, I've seen it years ago, but you're coming to the place where you're having a five-fold ministry discipleship school here to train young people to go into ministry and especially the prophetic, the office of prophets. I believe you're going to have a school here that is going to be very powerful and because I can see the foundation of it through Amos. And you need to press into it. And I believe if the release comes that I'm expecting this 222 provision outpouring is going to be this year. I really believe that. I mean, you got it all set up. Right? You got this huge building. And we're over here in this little place right now. It's really beautiful. Well done. Everything. But this will probably be the place where the, the five-fold school will be. Right here. You got everything. Teaching and preaching. Prophetic revelation and so forth. So, being led by the Holy Spirit can be through your leadership. Wow. Can be through a five-fold ministry. A prophet can speak the word to you. Holy Spirit is trying to lead you. Now I know because I've gone through a lot of things, that you can have leaders that can be abusive, controlling, manipulating, but I'm talking about good leaders, godly leaders, and you know the difference. You don't put yourself in submission to leadership that's going to abuse you. Don't. Or give you words that are going to get you off the track of your path and purposes in God. So, my leader came up one day and he said, uh, I see you guys are really radical. There were seven of us. Ramona, myself, and another, two other couples and one single person. And we would gather and pray many times all night. Uh, and God was just showing us things. Uh, one of the guys had a, prof- a prophetic vision of me way back then. He said, I see you on platforms in Switzerland. I, I, not me. I just want to pray for people. you got to be kidding me. You know? <laughs> well, it's happened. So the, this time was really beautiful. And God saw that. We were called the galloping gang by this leader. Galloping gang. He said, you guys are just crazy for God. You're hungry. You're pressing in. And he said, I had a call from a chaplain at the mental insane asylum in Minnesota. And he said, they're looking for somebody to come out and do a prayer and praise service there. And... He talked to my wife, Ramona. If he would have talked to me, I would say, no way, I'm not going there. Because I was afraid to go into a place like that. But she said, oh yeah, we would love to do it. We would, you know, Ramona, if it's God, 
loves to do it. It's amazing. Just love to do it. And so we're committed. And then we found out, you know, every week somebody commits suicide and they die. Now I'm I don't know what to do anymore. I have windows that have been frozen because of been painted for years and they slam shut. I've seen objects fly around in my office. And he said, this place is possessed. But I believe if we could get God in here and have worship in here, that there would be some deliverances that would take place. And so the Galpin Gang, we went. All we did, we worshiped, gave a two-minute message, sat down. And God began to move. There, we were there two years, learned so much about deliverance, found out that no one in those two years ever committed suicide. No one. Because God was there. We carried the presence in. They would say, we can't look at you because you're so bright. The light of Jesus, you know, shining through us. That's another thing that Katie was talking about last year. No, the light of the light. Arise and shine for your light is come. And so, Holy Spirit led through a leader to invite. Holy Spirit led to have us go to Montana with Don Fulton. To help them. Importance of obeying your leaders. And hearing from them because they're there to bring out God in you. And they can see the gift of God's in you. And God in you. Not God's God in you. That's really powerful. Now, Holy Spirit can lead in so many different ways. I love being led by dreams at night. And Laura, you said you had a dream last night. Uh, can you? Sh- is it something that can be shared with everyone? Um, uh, in my dream last night, there was a um, red carpet in a hallway, and um, walking up and down this red carpet was. Pastor Fred and Pastor Michelle and myself and Catherine. And then um, as we were walking on this red carpet, you were watching, but you weren't saying anything or doing anything. And then Apostle Tim, Joshua, Evelyn, and Jeff were laughing. And then I woke up with you guys, those four laughing. All right. Now let's have some interpretation of that. Who has understanding? It's okay, you can give us what you think. What's the red carpet mean? Yeah. You lay the red carpet on. Yep. Melissa. 
So, like Apostle Jim was talking about, the leaders calling out what they see in both of you, and it was just you two following Fred and Michelle and Tim, and then Apostle Jim. So that is the leadership, the core leadership of the church, and you guys are being ushered in by um, them calling you out, challenging you, and building you up into your rightful seat, like you're being ushered down the red carpet to your rightful seat, just like actors are ushered into like the theater to have the place of honor, right? And I, so the laughter part of it, I just believe is um, an increase in joy because I believe joy, it's part of the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy, but I also believe that it's an accelerant. So we're back to the accelerating, I guess. So, So the joy of the kingdom is covering you and actually accelerating you into wherever. Amen. That is good. Any, any more? Okay. Oh. I think the red carpet symbolizes the specialness in the two of you, the four that are mentioned, give your special time on Thursday nights. And that's your major group of people that are that come on Thursday nights and the specialness from the Lord is poured down on you during that time and then ex- absolutely the joy comes from that. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want you to go to First Kings 19. There are times in our walk with the Lord that Things don't go so well. And many times this happens right after the greatest victories that we've ever seen. Wow. Um, I just love to share after a meeting and after a glow of the things that God does. You know, when we do these conferences and we have all the speakers together. We've had some incredible speakers throughout the years. I mean, ones now that are very well known in the body of Christ, like Sean Boltz, you know. He was at camp, and I remember he used John or Ruth's gemstone. He wanted to take it to his room, just to hold it. And he had it on the bedstand in the room. And he was playing his iPod back then. That's how far back it was. And the gemstone was vibrating with the music. Vibrating with it. I mean, the gemstone is almost like a living thing from heaven. It's amazing. And they don't know the gemstone. Oh boy, here we go. Um, Spirit led. Um, John Ruth Filler, who were just here in Coeur d'Alene, were pastoring. They were co-pastoring, and then with another gal, Karen, Carrie Brown, Browning. And uh, there was a man, a servant, a deacon, who had gemstone appear in his front yard, and he. Very modest. He lived with his mom. She had like a trailer home and 
uh, is Terry and Jerry Copper, and they lived with his mom, and he worshipped all the time. But the interesting thing about him that some might not know, his hobby was looking for Jepstone. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? You know, he was collecting it. And then sit out on the porch and worshiping, and he saw this flash of light, and he went and looked, and here was a 50-carat perfect cut gemstone. I don't remember which color it was. There were four basic colors. There was a ruby, there was a white stone, there was a blue stone, and then I think there was a... A what? No, I don't think. Uh, was it? Well, that that would be the white. I think it might have been purple. Yeah, I think it was purple. Yeah, that, that's not my story. <laughs> 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 he's, he's heard this I don't know how many times but anyway so there was also at that time another thing that was happening and this man and woman lived in Wisconsin maybe 100 miles from our church and he was a milkman one day he gets in his milk truck and he finds like crumbs all over his dashboard and he thought, what is this? Didn't think much of it. But what it began to happen is Holy Spirit led begin to show him that this was manna from heaven falling. And Revelation 2.17 talks about the manna from heaven. Okay? So he would find many times in that book uh, in the Bible there would be these crumbs of manna that would be there. So we invited him to come to our church to minister. I wanted to check this thing out, you know. Got to be diligent and make sure that we discern which this is from. <laughs> but I mean, the devil can copy and imitate and do the fake thing. So we had him come and we sat in my office Ramona, uh, Harold, and Kate Byer is her name. And he's dead now, by the way. But uh, when you're dead, you're dead. Except you're alive up there. But uh, sat in there and so I'm, I'm discerning this thing. Now, is this really real? And he shows me, you know, some examples. And then... We walk into the service, and there's such an expectancy and anticipation at resurrection, because we never knew what God was going to do. People would fall out, they'd go into trances, and there'd be miracles happening. It, that was just a season for it. And so I'm walking ahead of him, Harold's following me, and Ramona's behind him, and all of a sudden, I hear him hit the wall. And I turn around, and he said, oh, the man had just came. 
some mannequin, knocked him in the wall, and on Revelation 2.17, the Bible, there it was. And Ramona saw it. She said, Jim, this is what happened. I just saw him just, he was walking straight, but all of a sudden hit the wall. And and so we thought, well, this has got to be really true. So one Sunday we had him come when we did Holy Communion. Lutherans, a lot of them in our church, Holy Communion is really special. Holy Communion, we don't get to take until we've been confirmed in the church. Two, three years to go through confirmation, knowing the scriptures, reciting them. Well, we're taking communion, the manna for the bread, and uh, wine. We had wine, not grape juice. And uh, all of a sudden, it's getting down to hardly any manna left. And we look on the altar. You know, our altar was upstanding, green, green carpet. There's manna all over on the carpet. It's like, whoa. Well, Harold and King went to John's church, John and Ruth's church. The very morning that I had gone to commission an apostle in Grand Forks, Canada up above, above uh, state of Washington, uh, British Columbia. And anyway, so I would have normally have been, a, been as church been speaking, but Harold and Kay were there. So he was speaking. And I said, that's fine. I'm just here. I want to check this thing out. And so we were getting ready to go to the service, Jerry, or Terry Copper, came to pick me up. He's a deacon, a servant. Just Here's another thing. God blesses the servant, you know. Elijah, Elisha, wanting the double portion, he served Elijah. If you want more, serve. Really serve. And so we went, he came to pick us up, and he had gold dust all over his face, and he said, well, you're too late. The man is gone. And I said, no, no, that's okay. We go in. Yeah, there was manna there and everything. And he said, well, then we had dinner after the service. And he, he said, uh, I said, I want to go out to the portal. Because in his yard, there was this portal. So after lunch, John, Ruth, uh, Carrie Browning, uh, we go out and meet them. So everybody gets out of the car and goes up to their porch, and I'm just, I'm on an adventure seeking, and I get stuck in the grass in the portal. I don't want to go. I'm just out there, just talking to the Lord, just, oh, feeling the anointing. And Terry sees me from the porch, and he comes out, and he laughs, and he said, you found it, didn't you? And I said, yeah. He gets thrown on the ground. He's laughing like crazy. This historical, hysterical, rolling around, struck by the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, with my eyes wide open, I see from here a flash. And I look down, and I pick up a white stone. looks absolutely like a diamond. 50-carat 
brilliant cut, just beautiful. Well, they all come up. And uh, we're really excited because this doesn't happen all the time. I mean, there were only 40 that ever came over that period. And so Ramona up in Grand Forks said, Father, if this is really you, there's been these four basic colors, uh, ruby, uh, the blue stone, the white stone, and whatever it was. I can't remember the other color. We could look it up. We could Google it. But there has never been a green paradigm storm. And she said, Father, if this is you, let there be one. We all come up, and again, another flashlight, and down on the ground, picks it up. It's that paranormal green. Amazing. I mean, there's no chance, <laughs> you know, that this could be an imitation because it was direct answer. And so 40 of come, I have one. They gave me the white that I uh, saw come. And it goes along with a prophetic word that God gave me in the early years in Revelation 2.17. And it said, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes... I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. I had that. And I will give him a white stone. And on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. In Old Testament days, you know, a white stone was many times given as an invitation to come to a banquet or a party. So I'm waiting for that one. But revelation, spirit-led, but this prophetic word came how many years before the actual manifestation of that word in my life? Wow. So, he who overcomes. I don't know if I like that word, he overcomes because that means that you got to overcome something, right? And sometimes to overcome things can be really difficult. And I'm talking about Elijah now. Elijah had something to overcome. He was an incredible prophet. He defeated the prophets of Baal, 400 of them. Had a contest of who has the real God. They had all their gods. They were cutting themselves, you know, with rocks and stuff and chanting and screaming and yelling and trying to work up their gods to burn this wet wood that was put as a sacrifice. Even today we know people that cut themselves, even driven to destroy their lives. It's so tragic, the suicides that take place. Our children ministers that are going to be at camp, 
Their son was in college, committed suicide this last year. Horrific. And she said, please let the leaders know so that I don't have to go through this whole story again. You know, because you, you just don't want to repeat it over and over and over again. I can't even comprehend that ever happening to my children. But there's a spirit of suicide on this nation. It's been opened up by the spirit of abortion. Yep. Stupid. And so we need to carry God's torch in to this world to do good. Be like Jesus. Jesus came and he did good. He was anointed, led by the Holy Spirit, and he did good. Holy Spirit will lead you to do good. He will. Well, Elijah, though, defeated them, and then this is what happened. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Jezebel was the queen of Ahab, the king. And also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. I tell you, I'm thinking of some of our leaders that might be Jezebel right now. I can't mention the name right now because I don't want to be put on a hit squad, but it says Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And you know what happened? Elijah had fear come into his life. This mighty prophet of God, by just that threat, opened himself up to a spirit of fear. Wow. After his greatest triumph, we need to be on guard. And the fear is something that the enemy can cause us to enter into a place of not being able to walk in faith. Because what we fear can come upon us, but when you're in fear, you can't be in faith. Well, Elijah ended up eventually wanting to die. And uh, an angel came, strengthened him, gave him food that carried him for 40 days and for 40 days. What a meal that was. A super meal to carry him that long. And he went into a cave and it hid. He didn't want to come out. And God... He said, take me, I'm done. Have you ever felt like that? I have. You know, going through these last few years with COVID and all that that brought, and then my wife's condition, it's like, man, I think I'm done. 
Your apostle here has been a great encouragement to me. Comes every every month to be with us, to help us, to cook for us. He's a great chef, by the way. How many of you know that? And uh, this encourages me. But <clears throat> Elijah finally was given his last three assignments. And one of them was to replace his prophetic call with another man. So we need to be looking for those disciples that we can have step into a place that replace us. Always be looking at that way. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, always have someone you're mentoring and working with and training with. They can even be better than you. So Elijah calls Elisha, who's a rich farmer. He's got, what, 12 oxen and plows, and he's doing a field. And, and uh, Elijah throws his mantle on him. He says, follow me. And so he does. Interesting, though. He has to go say goodbye to his mom and dad, but then he, he burns his livelihood. He made a commitment to really follow. Some of us want a little safety net. We'll follow, but, you know, you're going to hang on to this in case it doesn't work out. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, it'll always work out. Let go of what you had and grab a hold of what's next. Really important. Because otherwise you get conflicted between the old and the new. The past and the, the, the new. And so he just gave all that up. Burnt all the wood that was in the plow and offered the, the, the oxen as a sacrifice. And he gave it to people in the city to eat. Wow. That was something, because he was giving testimony of what he was doing. He was letting it be known, I am taking the step to follow Elijah the prophet. I have no backup plan. I don't need a backup plan because I trust God, and I trust this man, Elijah. And you know what? It's getting close. Uh, he came to the place where he was given the choice of staying back when Elijah went. He said, no, I'm not leaving you. I'm going to stick with you wherever you go. And when Elijah knew that he was so committed, he said, Tell me, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And he said, I want a double portion. I want a double portion. So 
So when they crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And this is so wisdom. Elijah said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And Elijah saw him go up in chariot of fire. Hallelujah. And immediately the mantle comes down. And what he had to do to activate this mantle is pick it up and actually take a step. And he parted the Jordan, just like Elisha did. So powerful. And then we go through all of the texts of what Elisha did. So many miracles. My goodness. He uh, healed the first man of leprosy, Naaman. He gave permission or provision to a widow telling her how to have a strategy to fill pots with oil. He visited a woman who was barren who had presented a place for him. So this is another thing I want to share. Much of our ministry success has been because we have provided a place for our ministers to stay when they came with us. They'd stay in our house. Wife would cook for them. We'd share stories. We even did it in the early years when we were being mentored by the other church. And I've got Maxwell White he was 90-some years old when he had dinner with our, table, with our kids. He was sitting at the dining room table. He was telling the stories. He was from Canada, Toronto. Tremendous deliverance ministry. And he would share about all of the things that kids would be like this, listening. And they were enriched and benefited by it. This woman prepared a place for a prophet to stay, a man of God. And he went there, found out that she was barren. She said, he said, what can I do for him? And he prophesied, nine months from the time I see you, you're going to be pregnant or have a baby. But this baby then dies later on. And he visits her and finds out what's going on. She said, my son, why did you even, you know, why did you even do what you did? Now you've given me a son and taken him away. And he went and laid his body on that little boy, resurrected from the dead. Double portion. Wow. I mean, now, though, think what we have with Jesus in us. Holy Spirit, Jesus in us, doing the same things that Jesus did, resurrection from the dead, multiplying food. Elisha multiplied food. 
He made waters that were bitter here to this day, the scripture said. One time in the armies, the three kings coming against Moab, that was a nation that was giving to the king of Judah and stopped giving. They went to go attack them. And Elijah gave strategies. But you know how? This is so cool. This is so cool. Uh, And uh, I I find I do this a lot of time. In uh, the request, Elijah says, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, Surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. I mean, a prophet speaking to the king. What boldness, what courage. Do we have prophets that do that today? I don't know. Don't think so. And then he said, because uh, he was asking for a revelation of what to do. They were at a place where they had taken a roundabout way and there was no water. They're out, I don't know how many days. There was no water. And they asked Elisha. And he said, Now bring me, in verse 15, bring me a musician. Oh, yeah. And then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. I didn't think David got so much revelation. There is something about music and worshiping that just fires off the prophetic. And Melissa, do you have that feeling too? When the music... Uh, when I was at Hinkley two weeks ago, I had Deanna uh, Swedeen just play the keyboard the whole time I ministered. Because the revelation was just just flowing. So we learn these things as the Holy Spirit leads us to be more effective in ministry. And this is what's so beautiful. The Lord gave him this wisdom. Make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley should be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, your animals may drink. He declared it. He saw it, he declared it. And then he said, and this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Wow. School of the prophets here? Yes. How soon? Only God knows. But it's coming. Sometimes the vision can be delayed. And if so, you just keep pressing them. But it's going to happen. And 
just bless Amos wherever he is now in heaven. Because he's probably cheering you on right now to have this school. Would you please stand? Holy Spirit, we thank you for your leading us into all truth. That you give us eyes, ears, see to hear. And that you lead us each step of the way. We ask that you would forgive us in every willful, every disobedient, every rebellious way that we have not been allowed to be led by you. We ask for your forgiveness, Jesus, for your shed blood, that you would cleanse us and just set us free of that iniquity. And that the blind spots on our eyes, the cataracts on our eyes, will be removed. And the ears that are stopped up will be opened. That we would see and hear new truth, new revelation, being able to press on, on him, into your will and purposes for this generation. Holy God, there's never been a time like this where the darkness and the light are so evidently illuminated there's no longer gray areas and Lord thank you for that raise up those men and women and children with a prophetic voice with boldness with confidence to speak the word in the right time and season. I bless this church, this apostolic resource center. I thank you for the leadership. Hallelujah. Thank you for the new leaders that have just been uh, commissioned into this ministry in ways that is going to cause the foundation to even get bigger and stronger to be able to carry more. And Lord, it's an indication to me that you're about ready to put more weight upon this ministry. More heavily glory, more heavily weight, and that there is acceleration coming, just like overnight, boom. We just thank you and praise you for it. Bless Apostle Tim and his coming and goings. Increase, Lord, his sphere of ministry. Continue to bring him and Jeannie into even greater victories for the future. And we give you all the praise, all the glory, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we just worship uh, a couple songs before we close? I just want you to... Just chew on this now and just bring it back up to Holy Spirit. And say, Holy Spirit, lead me. What would you have me do?